Leach is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike right, three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset College, Thunderdog, and then one exclamation point. Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour, the 401st edition. That's Matt McMaster. Thanks for thanks for driving that 400 bus last week without me here in studio. That is not Mike too. Try that. Hello? Oh, my God. That's okay. Why are we all out of sorts? I don't know. This you, is you ridiculous. you want to use the other mic? No, this is fine. Okay. But it's like I get here, and the keyboard isn't where... <laughs> the keyboard was behind the, the monitor. The keyboard is behind the monitor. The mic is in front of... You know, the Dan Parsons show needs to get the ducks in a pond after they leave the studio. I mean... Is that the phrase? I don't know. Ducks in a row? Ducks in a row, yeah. yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter. Sorry. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, every notably young Matt McMaster. <laughs> hey, by the way, don't give me any grief. You weren't here. It happened to be the 400th episode. I had to drive the bus. If yeah. I didn't drive the bus, I wouldn't be doing my job. And and also, too, what am I supposed to do? Not say it was the 400th episode? Did it feel a little dirty to be congratulated by Matt Coatney? About 400 episodes? A little bit. And Good Kevin su- Suits. And Kevin Suits. But, like, <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin's a very good friend of mine. So, sure. that, I mean, you know, it was, it was more so with Coatney. Yeah. Who I don't really know that well. I know I know okay. He's like he was very like it seemed like he was very proud of me to have four hundred episodes. Hey, I'm very proud of you. I've been on. We got to go back and count. How many do you think I've been on? Eighty. That might be an actual question. It sounds close. It sounds accurate. I when did you try, start? Oh my God, October of 2022. All right, let's go back here. It's been a full see. calendar year. I mean, I've done at least fifty-two. It's been a full calendar year. Plus, yes, you gotta add February. Yeah, you know what? It's it's probably closer to like sixty five. I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Congrats. An accomplishment, nonetheless. Nonetheless, for all of us, we have We're a very all equal. We have you a very my com- equal. Yeah, you are my equal. Hundred percent. We have a very accomplished show for you coming up as well today. We've got Chase Madison from Ten Eleven Sports. He's going to join us here. Another former colleague of mine. Indeed, gonna 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 talk. Uh, got a lot to talk about. To be honest, uh, we've got. Football ramping up, getting closer to spring. You got baseball in action. Didn't play yesterday, but what a comeback on Thursday Softball out there in Charleston. In Softball, action. a no Jordy ball, and not the the sold attendance, but still the attended attendance. Almost more people in the stands than any game last season. Well, I think still. it was a program record. Well, positive sold pro- tickets was. Oh, yes. oh, oh. Actual attendance was a little bit less, but still within like 50 of the most attended game last season. I'll say this. I announced that game Yeah, on Big Ten Plus. I was there. It was okay call. Um, it, I mean, most that I've ever seen at a game, by bar none. Also, too, like yeah. definitely a crappy time to have a softball game. March yeah. 1st, yeah. windy as heck. 5.30, like, I don't know how many people were rushing their kids out of school to go and catch Wichita State, who is a very good team, a very good softball team. Before I even watched them, I knew they were a very good softball team. They very well 
could be ranked at some point in the season. So tough game. You know, it was one of those games. It was I don't know how much we're going to get to it, but I'm, I I don't mind talking softball to start the 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 show. It was very. It was a quintessential. I don't want to call it softball baseball, but it very much was a quintessential baseball game where the score doesn't look didn't really reflect what it was. It wasn't really a seven one game. Nebraska yeah. led the game in hits for half of it until I think it was the the fourth or fifth inning. I think yeah, fourth inning. Um, Wichita State puts up two. The fifth inning they put up five. And listen to this sequence. You have uh, Taylor uh, Salachek step up into the batter's box. There's a runner on first, and she she ends up grounding out into a double play. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. back and they review it. Well, it was a foul ball, so it wasn't a double play, and they would have gotten out of the inning. So then she goes ahead and cranks a two run home run the very next pitch. Jeez. So then it's a four to one game. And then you have Caitlin Olinsky who's up there who was pitching a pretty good game up to that point. They tacked on three more runs. Yeah. So they bring in Kaylin Kinney to get her out of a jam. But yep. Kinney wasn't really warming up the pen because up to that point, Olinsky had a no-kitter going into the fourth. And so Kinney goes in basically warming up, pitching to Wichita State. They had a couple more runs. Yep. So they pull Kinney out. Do you know what they do? They put Olinsky back in. <laughs> they got four games to play this week. Yeah. And so Olinsky, you know, he d- didn't play too well. And then, then they put in their freshman Emerson Cope. It was just one of those games where you look back to it and there was a couple other bang bang plays here and there. But if that ball bounces six inches within the line, there's a double player out of the inning. The Huskers are, are, are leading going into the fifth. So, yep. or bottom of the fourth, whatever it was. Yeah. So that was a tough game for them. Where do you want to go? Baseball. Well, meanwhile, baseball out in what Charleston, they they had almost the inverse. They were down five one, and definitely being outplayed. Drew Christo had a nice outing, gave up just two earned, three total runs, no decision for him. Six and Went two six thirds. and two thirds. Uh, and look, the 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 way that Nebraska battled back against a a then still unbeaten College of Charleston team yeah. on the road. Uh, is is pretty admirable. Um, it, it's it's been a it's been an okay start to the season. Nothing special. Nothing terrible. Bipolar. Yeah, and and they're still trying to define roles. You're you're playing through an injury already to Overbeek, who got hurt at the tail end of that first first weekend. And well, I mean, look, you you, call, you you lose a game to Texas Tech, and where they were up three one. At one point, it looked like they had the game in hand until Texas Tech had a massive, yeah. uh, I believe it was a... It was a ninth. It was a ninth, yeah. Three-run ninth inning to, to, to win that game. And then you look back on... A, it was actually, they were down 3-2. But then uh, you had uh, Oklahoma. You had a massive lead in that game. Yeah. End up collapsing toward the back half of, of that game as well. And then Grand Canyon, it was the same thing in their second game. They were leading. They ended up losing 7-5, to five, but they won that series 3-4. to four. And they blew an eight-run lead in the, in the finale and ended they up mm-hmm. still winning it. And, yeah. and look, in that College of Charleston game, I got a text from our, our good friend Grant Hansen, who, who's talked, to us, talked mm-hmm. to us before here on the Husker Hour, and he texted me and said, we might have a team. And I go, how so? Like, why? Like, why Why do you think we might have a team? And he was like, teams that aren't good, teams that don't believe in themselves, teams that aren't going to be successful, you know, in as the year goes on, they don't win those games. They fold. 
They fold. Yeah. They go into the ninth inning, down four runs. They had two hits and six base runners before the ninth. They don't go into that inning being like, you know what, all we need is a spark. All we need is a hit by pitch. All we need is a walk. All we need is 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 one score. You know, they they go in and they, you know, the three batters go up, they take a couple swings, they hope for the best, and then they end up losing that game. They won that game. And, and, and Riley Silva came up in a really big spot. Tucker Timmerman came up in a really big spot in that 10th inning. Um, it was a great base running by uh, Gabe Swanson. So, I believe it was Cole Evans. It was Cole Evans or Gabe Swanson who yeah. scored that six Yeah, so the, the sequence was you start with Bradford getting on, on an error. Yeah. Gabe Swanson hit by pitch. Single was. from Evans. No outs. Bases loaded down four. Then Tyler Stone and Case Sanderson both walk in runs. Still no out. And then tie game with Riley Silva. First pitch, two-run single. And Bryce Hughes and Cole Evans score to tie it. And yeah, Timmerman shuts it down in the top, in the bottom of the tenth. And this is it was that was a that was a comeback team victory in which you're looking at that team. And you're like, you know what? You got like like yeah. like you said like Grant said, you might have a team here. And so a little disappointing though that they didn't play yesterday. Coming off of that, I mean, you, the more you get to see this team, the more you get to learn about them. Four game series are really tough in college, considering the lack of arms a lot of teams have. I mean, it, it's it's a good way to test your bullpen to see what you got heading into. You know, all these games are kind of tune up games until we get to late March, right? When they play Northwestern, yeah. you know, in, on March 29th. Uh, in Evanston to begin their year. So baseball, if you're still in the feeling out period, but I'll tell you this right now, it's a heck of a lot better start to this year than it was last year. I mean, last year was nightmarish how yep. they began that, you know? And so, yep. Yeah. And, and so this is probably an imperfect analogy, but they all are. So I got a haircut Yeah, Thursday. You, you ever do this when you get a haircut, you get quite a bit taken off the top. And and you've been used to, you know, when you shampoo that hair, you've been used to getting a certain amount of shampoo. Sure. Right? Because you got to get it all up in that thing. Sure. 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 I love where this is going. Your first shampoo after you have, like, next to nothing left. <laughs> okay. What do you do with your shampoo? You get way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that muscle memory, right? It's way too much goes right in, and you're just like, oh, crap, I don't need this much. Fair I don't enough. have this much hair anymore. Yeah. 100%. Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson are gone. That is that is a lot off the top for this offense. Someone argue that's the whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I, you know what I mean. Like 100%. that is that is a big adjustment to make, and and so this first this first part of the season to to be able to get wins while you figure that out is hugely important because as we know, the Big Ten doesn't get a lot of like postseason consideration. They don't get a lot of respect nationwide to get no. a ton of bids. So no. you have to make hay in the non-con. Big time. Every team does, for that matter, in the Big Ten, so that it helps the RPI down the stretch. So the fact that you have the the holding on late against Grand Canyon, the fact that you have that comeback win yesterday, or not yesterday, Thursday, uh, against College of Charleston, good signs. Extremely good signs. And yeah, the Texas Tech and Oklahoma games went sideways, but you can still build off of the successes that you've seen so far. You've got guys figuring out their roles. This is the second four-game series in a row where they were they had an announced starting rotation of the same four guys. That's a good sign. You don't want to be tinkering too much with your your frontline starters if you can help it. And 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 so yeah, you might have a team that is a little bit deeper. 
You've got guys who are not reliant upon, you know, one or two people to carry the load. Everybody maybe feels a little bit more sense of agency, like, hey, I need to contribute here. That's that's the thing. You take an, a, an extremely good talent off of the team, other guys have to step up. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. But so far, I think the returns are are pretty decent for Nebraska. Five and three, going to miss that game from yesterday. Couldn't get it rescheduled, but you still got two more out at Charleston, and, and then the beat goes on. I think this is a, a lineup. It's a cohesive lineup. Makes sense. Brumball, fast, Silva, fast, Dylan Carey, you know, your quintessential three hitter, probably the, the best overall hitter on the team. Josh Karen, he had two homers. Uh, against Grand Canyon, you know, and then you kind of keep moving down. Gabe Swanson is a really good baseball player. You got Garrett Anglum who can come in and give you some at bats. Cole Evans is a, is a great right fielder, you know. So it, it's a it's a team that I would say missing firepower, but it's I don't think it's a team that will struggle at any point to score runs. I, I really don't because I think that the makeup of the lineup makes a lot of sense. It's very much a traditional baseball lineup and where the guys you expect to be hitting three and four um, are, are hitting three and four. And it, it's it's well put, you know, kind of you get away from that traditional things, you know, that traditional type of lineup when you have two All-Americans that yeah. you can kind of move around the lineup and you can kind of mix and match. This one, they really don't have that depth to do. I will say this. It, it's an incredible story for me how Drew Crisco and Brett Sears went from guys in the bullpen who you would expect on a weekday game to come out of the bullpen or maybe in Big Ten play every once in a while. I mean, Brett Sears threw 17 total innings last year. Drew Crisco was a guy they had to be very careful with to begin the year because they didn't want his confidence to shake like it did in the year prior. So to see that these guys are putting up quality starts and could potentially be draft picks are quite incredible. Yep. All right. Well, we are uh, we're rolling right along here on our Saturday morning. I should announce we got a uh, a surprise second guest who will be joining us in the uh, third segment. We've got Chase Madison from Ten Eleven Sports coming up here, uh, but after that, we will have Gary Sharp from our sister station in Omaha, sixteen twenty. He'll be joining us as well. We've got a lot to talk about with Chase and Gary. Uh, Matt McMaster, Cole Stukenholtz here on the KLI and Husker Hour, rolling along here. More after this. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping it rolling here on this very special... Some would say that episode 401 is probably more special than episode 400. And to, Some would certainly say to, that. To continue that celebration, we'll once, once again bring on a, a member of the 1011 Sports Crew, Mr. Chase Madison. Chase, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I guess 401, big episode. Well, you can you can tell Kevin, you can tell, because Suits was on last week on 400. You can say, hey, McMaster told me that my appearance is more special than your appearance. I, I wonder how he'll take that. I guess I'll have to let him know. You have to let him know. Hey, hey 
You've been uh, uh, covering a lot over the last couple of days, uh, high school sports. I know you were at softball yesterday. I'm sure you've been running around to, to, to Husker basketball and, and, and whatnot. Give me this is a very general question. Tell me the most most interesting thing you've seen around Lincoln sports in the last in the last couple of weeks. You've been everywhere. What what is the your biggest takeaway? Could be any anything you. I'll give you the floor here. Anything you want to talk about? Anything I want. To anything talk about. you want. What's the most interesting thing you've seen? Putting you on the spot here. Most interesting thing I've seen. Yes. Uh, you know, I think the. It continues to impress me. Uh, I've only been in Lincoln less than a year, but just the uh, the craze around the high school prep sports scene is something that's real in the state of Nebraska. And I think that the craziest thing I've seen is these full ensemble bands that are traveling 500 miles to support their high school team uh, here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. So. I would say, yeah, it's just the the awesome Neb prep, I guess you could say, the shortened version. Um, the high school scene for state basketball has been something that's been really cool this past week. Chase, with, with basketball kind of winding down here uh, with the men and women both tracking to make the NCAA tournament, uh, what 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 are you expecting to see with these respective finales and, and how both of these teams are kind of tracking to go into postseason? Let's start with the men. Yeah, well, uh, obviously the men play Rutgers tomorrow, senior day, at home. Um, I think, you know, it's a very winnable game tomorrow, and then you could even say against Michigan on the road, it's an opportunity for a road win. Uh, so you hope to end the season, at least the regular season, 2-0, because you're fighting for those top four spot, top four spot in the Big Ten tournament seeding-wise. Um uh, and so it just kind of take care of business, right? I think this is a Nebraska team that's just been Jekyll and Hyde all season, road and home. And, you know, tomorrow's a chance to finish the conference season undefeated at home. So it, I guess just, you know, even if they drop Michigan on the road or even if they flame out of the Big Ten tournament, it's about just not looking, looking the part of what they've looked all year, right? Like trying to just stay consistent with what they've looked like when they've played at home. Obviously, Big Ten Tournament and their season finale against Michigan uh, aren't going to be at home. But try to not look as bad, not look bad, I guess, is the, is the biggest the biggest key, I guess. Just kind of stay the course, and they'll be all right to get a decent seed and make the big, to make the, the big dance. Okay, follow-up question to that. What, what do they – what do you think – has to go wrong in order for them to look bad. Or maybe I'll give it to you the other way. What what has to continue so they don't do that? I mean, what, what's what got to be that, that kind of pillar uh, of consistency in order for them to finish the job? Because they've done all the dirty work, right? They've done all the heavy lifting. They got the signature wins. They have the quad one wins. They have the high ranking of the Big Ten tournament. For you, you know, don't look bad. I mean, what has to, what has to happen in order for them not to do that? I think a double-digit loss tomorrow, yeah. then a loss on the road to Michigan, uh, and then they don't finish in the top four spots because that I believe that would be a double buy. Yeah. Uh, so they only get the single buy, which still would be helpful, but then there's some upsets in the Big Ten tournament, and they get somebody 
maybe they play Michigan again, or maybe it's Michigan State. Whoever they play in that first round, the Michigan, the, the Big Ten tournament, is a team that, let, let's say it's a team that's not going to make the, the NCAA tournament, a team that's on the outside looking in, and they lose handily in Minnesota in, the, in their first game in the Big Ten tournament, then I don't think you're all the way on to first four out, but you're definitely closer to the bubble than I think some fans realize. You don't wait, wait. So if they lose the last three games of the year, do you still think they're in? I think there's a chance, but okay. I definitely think it's it's not as comfortable as maybe it's one of those first four games where they're a ten or eleven seed and they have to play in uh, in Dayton. Uh, so then they're I guess part of the field of sixty eight, not the sixty four. Uh, but if they just if they just win one of these last two games of the regular season and then look respectable in Minnesota during the Big Ten tournament, I think they're they're in without a question. Chase Madison from 1011 Sports joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Chase, as for the ladies, you've got Jazz Shelley and Alexis Murkowski as the superstars on that team. Uh, the emergence of uh, a few of their other players, the younger ones especially, has, has kind of driven them uh, as they've gone along here. Are the way that they have ended up this season? It's Matt Cotney said it last week. They live and die by the three. Um, has how how fun has it been to watch the the younger talent on this team develop with Amy Williams coaching them along? Well, it's really what made this team as successful as they've been uh, because you, you're totally right that their offensive game is dominated by the three-point shot, and they lack some size and physicality inside besides Alexis Markowski. And Nally Potts, the freshman from O'Fallon, Missouri, really stepped up to be uh, another forward that uh, plays that does a lot of dirty work, right? She's aggressive inside. She's a good rebounder, offensive rebounder. I think she's won, I think, seven of the Big Ten Freshman of the Week awards. She's going to probably be on Big Ten All-Freshman First Team. So, um, And there's other freshmen to talk about, too. You know, Jessica Petrie and Logan Nisley. But I just think the role of Potts inside and, and just the, the dynamic playmaking of some of these freshmen have really kind of helped bolster the roster that lost Allison Widener before the season even started. And really hasn't seen as much production maybe from Darian White as you thought getting her as a transfer that had high production before Nebraska. So um, it's been fun to see. And this is a Nebraska team that I guess has probably surprised some people in the Big Ten. Chase, let's go back to the men here. Uh, give me a key player for for this team if they're going to close out and, and make the tournament for the first time in 10 years. Key player, I think. I think it comes down to. Well, there's obviously very important players, but I think yeah. a glue guy that continues to make plays. Uh, you got to go with Sam Hoiberg. I think Sam Hoiberg, or if not him, Jamarcus Lawrence. The way that the two of them have been playing off the bench defensively, and then Jamarcus Lawrence has shot been falling recently. Uh, the spark plug there has been very key because. We've seen it where there's nights where Kese has been not as usual Kese. And I don't know if it's because he's getting less opportunities or less shots up than maybe he has in past years, but 
February he had a year ago to the February this year has not been the same. And there has been great case a moment, but there has to be scoring from other assets. And um, I think just getting a little bit more production from Sam Hoiberg and Jamarcus Lawrence has been beneficial and will be a key factor going forward. A couple more minutes here with Chase Madison from 1011 Sports. Chase, uh, we'll get us a, a football one in here. Give me a storyline you're watching closely uh, for spring football. What what is uh, what is catching your eye? What are you paying attention to? Yeah, right. We're not even there yet, but it's actually kind of good that spring football is is later this year. Just well, I guess selfishly, just because it allows us to cover this, these basketball teams more. It's worked out, yeah, uh, predominantly. Um, a, a key storyline is going to be able to see how some of these, I guess, Power 5 transfers come in. All the eyes are going to be on the freshmen. We know that. Uh, but I want to see the Dante Dowdles of the world and the Jamal Banks and how they play from a production standpoint. These are guys coming from pretty top-tier, like, good football programs. Uh, and just how can they translate into Matt Rule's system and buying into what they're trying to do? Chase, uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave you with this one. Um, we we've heard so much about the quarterback play in football. We've heard so much about the, the I guess the quintessential sentence from all Husker fans and even members of the media was this would have been a bowl team if if they had a a better quarterback or they could have won eight games or nine games if if Dylan Rayola was behind the helm last year or whoever it may be. Give me your insights on this quarterback picture for you. Do you think this is a slam dunk, no doubt about it, Rayola's the guy, or do you think that this is going to be a legitimate competition amongst not only Rayola and Harburg, but maybe even Danny Kalen? Yeah. I think it's going to be more of a competition than people think, right? Like, Heinrich Harburg is the incumbent, uh, and obviously he's just definitely not the, the name that uh, – is a star-studded name, but he definitely won games last year. And going back to what you're saying, the whole talk about the quarterback play being the reason of the difference of seven, potentially eight wins to five, uh, or at least six, I think there's a lot of other factors. Like, I think I think the whole, the whole conversation, it was just on the quarterback. Yes, they caused, like, 20-something turnovers of the 28 or whatever, but... You know, at the end of the day, I think just a, a, a fresh a fresh set of eyes for the Husker quarterback room, it's just been um, it's, it's very exciting. So I think Rayola uh, has a very good chance to start, and I think even if it's Kalen, even if it's not Rayola, if it's one of the two freshmen, I think you really can't go wrong just because of the play that happened last year. I think there's going to be growing pains regardless, but I'm – I'm not afraid to say that there'd probably still be growing pains with Heinrich Harburg. So uh, it's definitely an interesting conversation, and it's going to be a fun spring. Well, what do you got today? What are you covering today? I got uh, the – we got a high school basketball championship coming up here. Lincoln Christian here in Lincoln. Okay. Girls State is playing for for the C1 state championship. Gotcha. And then there's uh, some Husker softball. They got a double header this afternoon, and just a fun day full of sports. Heck yeah! 
Well, look, Chase, we want to thank you so much for coming on this more special uh, episode 401. That's Chase Madison over at 1011 News. You can catch him weekend anchors. You can catch him probably anywhere walking around a gym in, in, in Lincoln, you know, capturing sports. So always great having you on, my man. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Of course. All righty. Well, we're going to move from one guest to another. Yeah. The the very special, always very special, Gary Sharp joining us from 1620 to the Zone. Going to talk a whole plethora of sports, probably some history, because when don't we talk history with Gary Sharp? That's right. Coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping it rolling here on your Saturday morning, and we are uh, pleased to be joined by a friend of the station, former KLIN. An original. Yeah. And he, a KLIN original. That's where he got his start. Also, Matt McMaster did his, that's me, by the way, I'm Matt McMaster, yep. did his professional profile for a class on Mr. Gary Sharp. How about I, that? I know. I Very had, flattering as, as we I welcome mean, in Gary Sharp from 1620 The Zone. I, I only got a B plus on it, so I'm blaming that on you, Gary. <laughs> hey, I can only do so much. Your, your limitations are well documented. <laughs> oh, Gary. Gary, my dad's listening to this. You can't make fun of me that quickly. Well, his dad, your dad, your dad is a number one. Okay, son, eh, you know, yeah. we're we're still making progress. He's got yeah. a long ways to go. He's famously yeah. only twenty one years yeah, old. Yeah, notably young, yeah. Matt McMahon. I don't know if Gary, you intend to do it, but every time I see you, you refer to me as Young Matt. Is that a, a legit nickname from you? Uh, yeah. I okay. mean, I, I, that's a respectful nickname to you because you are young. I am young. You should embrace it. I. What do you think I've been doing for two years? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen your actions. I've seen your website. All right. Th- thank you, Gary. Wow. I appreciate that. Yeah, I sent it to him. He didn't send me anything back, though. Hey, Mr. Sharp, let me talk to you something real quick. Talking about young and old. You've seen more than I have. You would know better You would know better than me. Um, if Nebraska basketball loses these next, let's say, three games, they lose to Rutgers at home, they lose to Michigan on the road, but it would be a Q3 loss and a Q2 loss, and then... They go to Minnesota, and then they're one and done, probably with just one bye as opposed to two. Are they out of the NCAA tournament? That's uh, it becomes a tension convention. Um, yeah, you know you don't you don't want that happening. Here, here here's the thing. I I think I've, I've said for a while now. Nebraska's in the tournament. They can only play themselves out. And mm-hmm. the scenario you just laid out, Matt, that would be Nebraska playing themselves back into a very uncomfortable position. Now, I look at who they have left on the regular season schedule and one of them being at home tomorrow and think, okay, there's no way they're going to go 0-3. The thing yeah. that with Nebraska for me, guys, is the committee looks at the conference tournament. Unless you're one of those teams that is on the bubble that's got to make a run, um, they don't look at it and they, take it, they go, oh, my gosh, this performance in the conference tournament, this elevates them. Because basically when we get to next Saturday after the Michigan game, I think you're pretty much locked in on – where your seating range sure. is going to be. So Nebraska's got to take care of business with the next two games. I think we got to be careful about approaching Nebraska basketball on the schedule like we do football, where one loss, one game, you go, oh, no. Yeah. Ohio State played well the other night. Nebraska, mm-hmm. Nebraska had opportunities. They just they were off, and Fred you know, immediately diagnosed it after the game. So I think 0-3, 
yeah, you would start to worry a little bit. But I think if you if you just win one, and it'd be nice to get two, then you're sitting probably still in that eight nine range. Yeah. But if you drop drop a couple of games, then you maybe slide back to the ten. But I, I, I still think they're in the tournament. I love that analogy of not treating them like football losses because. You know, the thing is, is that I think a lot of people after that Ohio State game were, were very concerned with that, with that loss. I'll say this. I mean, they, the only thing that really happened in Ohio State loss is that they couldn't really become a five or six seed. You know, that was a Q1 win. But in terms of falling out, I mean, that was a, when you lose Q1 opportunities, you don't get punished as much. Over to you, Cole. Yeah, I would yeah, agree. And, yeah, yeah, and you guys, you guys know this. You've broken it down. Um, you know, there's not during this whole, uh, final stretch. There's not a lot of opportunities for Nebraska to get good wins. There's yeah. only bad losses. So if you're picking, okay, we have got three games to go, and you know Nebraska is just not Nebraska, where they're going to run off three and zero and go and finish the regular season on a seven game winning streak. Which one would be the one that if you're going to choose to lose, you would be like, ah, okay, well that would be in Columbus against a team who they all of a sudden think they can make a late run to get into the yeah. tournament. And we got to give credit to Ohio State. They did things they had to do on Thursday night. But if you're going to drop a game, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Now the next two get the new, next two get very very interesting with Rutgers, who physically beat you up the first time in a game that you thought you should have won or had opportunities to win. And then, who knows what Nebraska is getting next weekend in Ann Arbor with Juwan Howard? I mean, that could be it for Juwan Howard. Michigan could be on quit watch and. The bags are packed, and they break the huddle when the game starts, and they say, one, two, three, Cancun. So tomorrow is one of those games. You just take care of business tomorrow, and you're like, okay, we're fine. We're back. We finished the regular season 18-1 at home. We're in the tournament. We're probably still in that 8-9 slot. We're good. Yeah, and Gary, I'll, I'll jump in as an old here along with you. Um, <laughs> I, the, the thing that made me think this season – was going to be different was if you go back to that first Rutgers game, the injury to Juwan Gary was kind of the thing that unfortunately sparked that that come from a head loss when Nebraska just couldn't get a rebound and Rutgers won that game in overtime. The fact that he didn't get himself injured for the rest of the season, the fact that he's come back and played as well as he has maybe been their most important player over these last few games, that told me you know what, this season's different, it's got a different vibe, and now he gets a chance to go out on senior day and and get his revenge, essentially, against that same Rutgers team. Juwan Gary, I think, has been the most important player in the month of February. What do you think of, of, of how, he's been, how he's played and how he's led the way for him? No, you're absolutely right, Cole, and, 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 and Matt's uh, age group would, would spell dog, D-A-W-G. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what he is. That's what the kids um, he say. Been, he has been vitally important. I think one thing across the board with this team is you have a head coach who has pushed all the right buttons that wants to push them across the finish line to get the NCAA tournament. I mean, they were preseason 12. You were like, ah, we'll see how these new guys blend in. But there's no Sam Griesel. There's no Derek Walker. Where's there going to be that leadership? All they've done is they've been pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, but you also have guys that I think it's okay to say out loud as a college basketball player, when you're playing for a program, that since they fired Danny Nee has been to the NCAA tournament one time, when, when, when people go, what are your goals, go, I want to go to the NCAA tournament. I don't want to play my entire career at Nebraska and not go to the NCAA tournament. And with Nebraska basketball, there's no guarantee that every year you're going to the tournament. So when you have that opportunity to knock on the door, you get guys that realize it, and that's how they want to go out. And Juwan Gary is one of those guys that also, I think, don't you guys agree, 
that he is not going to let this opportunity slip away. No. And because of what he's doing, it kind of trickles down to the rest of this team that they like each other, they're connected, and they have one goal, and that is to get to the NCAA tournament and then see what happens after they find out who they're playing. You know, real quick, I know Cole's going get, to get you one more here, but just quick statement. I talked to Sam Hoiberg. We talked to Sam Hoiberg to begin the year. The determination on him before, before they had even played a game to get to the NCAA tournament was insane. And you can just tell that verb, you know, that, that really reciprocates around the entire team. Yeah. And to keep, to keep that vibe going, Matt went dark early. Like, hey, what happens if they lose all the rest of the sure. games? I'm going to ask you this. The way they've been trending lately, how, how they played in March, they were, by the, by the metrics, one of the best teams nationally in the month of February. I know matchups are going to dictate what we think of, of how they'll do, but, but how do you feel about Nebraska? getting that first NCAA tournament win right now? Uh, you know, I'm supposed to say that it's all about matchups, but it's also about the makeup of your team. I think this is a team that doesn't rely on one guy. Yeah. Where when one guy's having an off night, it seems like somebody else emerges. I mean, we couldn't have called in the month of February that Jamarcus Lawrence all of a sudden would emerge. We thought he was just going to be who he is. So they have different guys that are stepping up. Now, with that said, I think tomorrow's an important game. And in two-plus weeks, an important game, Rink Mast has to give Nebraska more um, from the scoring end. You know, there are, there are nights where he will show up and he's making big plays like against Minnesota. And then there are nights on Thursday against Ohio State where, you know, he just he's, he does not look like a Big Ten five-man. And tomorrow is one of those games where you go back to New Jersey, he got exposed. And I think tomorrow night's a big game for him. But they don't rely on one guy. And they have a collection of about six scores where it seems like when one guy's off, somebody else will pick him up. When Tominaga's defense is shoddy and he's going to spend more time on the bench, somebody steps in and they start hitting shots. So that would bode well for a game to win in the NCAA tournament. But it just, I, I think I've, I've asked this question out loud, and I'll ask it to you guys. If the season just stopped today and they said, ah, CBS doesn't have any money, we're not going to play the NCAA tournament, would you consider this season a success without hesitation? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Million percent. Now I will say this. It, it's much like how the football season ended if, if they just ended today and they didn't do the NCAA tournament because there's undeniable progress from where you were a year before now. But if they weren't able to play in the tournament and if they missed the tournament this year, you know, which probably won't happen. It still would be incredibly sour. Still would be, you know, there'd probably be some people who would say no to you, which I think is ridiculous considering the fact that this is a season, you know, seventh time in program history, you get 20 wins. I mean, that's that in itself just makes it successful. But we'll go, we'll go from the hardwood to the field. Gary, I, I'm not going to ask you about the quarterbacks because I'm sure you've talked so much about quarterbacks over the last couple months. You're tired of it. I want to talk to you about a room. We are, we are all set on who's starting against UTEP, right? We're not, <laughs> we're, not, we're not playing that narrative of, hey, keep checking back next week on, on the Husker Hour because not, we'll talk about... Hey, that's how we get viewers, Gary. You're not building up the suspense on, on Sharp and Handley in the morning? No? Okay. Uh, no, I'm not into click. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, quick question. I think that the running back room went from what you would call maybe the strongest room 
it, you know, to begin last year to now a room that you're a little skeptical skeptical about because, you know, Emma Johnson looked good and now you got you don't have Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson and, and Gabe Irvin Jr. Those guys, I mean, at this point, I hate to say it, but are, are kind of injury prone guys. I mean, that's just what their history has shown. You bring in Dante Doddle, who who is essentially uh the, the third running back on Oregon. Are you nervous about the running back room? Are you okay? Are you comfortable with the, the running back room? What's your outlook on that room? Uh, I think the offensive line makes the running back room better. Okay. I think a quarterback makes the running back room better. But that run, running back room, you guys are right, has to be better. I think it has to be coached better. I don't think they wow. were coached very well last year. I also, there's a little part of me that likes Dadell's pickup because I think he's the guy that looks like a Big Ten running back that can get downhill and can do a couple of different things for you in the, in, in, in the zone, you know, zone running and stuff like that, and then get to the outside. But I have a fear of what does the depth look like? Because Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin haven't played a lot of football. No. They've always run into those injuries. And to be honest, man, I don't know what to expect out of Gabe Irvin the rest of his career. That was a major injury. So there's no guarantee that he's back with you. And you always, it's always an uncomfortable conversation because we like Ramir and we see splashes, but we never know what to do with him. You know, yeah. Where does he fit in this offense? So they're going to ask, you know, and, and, and fortunately for Nebraska, Emmett Johnson, you know, announced his presence with authority last year that he could be a solid RB2. What are you going to get out of Ives? It's a big spring for that running back room just to kind of figure out roles. But, boy, it would be so, so settling for Nebraska if RB1 got decided and that was exactly the guy that you thought you were getting sure. when you left Oregon to show up that, man, we got a guy that's going to be our running back one for not just one year, but multiple years. He does great work on Sharp and Hanley in the morning on 1620. He's the voice of Omaha basketball, and he's always good to have you on if you're down at the Chiefs Parade as a correspondent. <laughs> it's Gary Sharp from our sister station up in Omaha. Gary, thanks as always for the time. Hey, I always appreciate it. You two are, uh, two are my uh, favorites, and I say that with love, Matt. Wow. Wow. That just made me Despite day. your youth. Despite my youth. Despite hey, my, uh, my, my, no, I wouldn't say frequent, but slight stupidity here and there, according to, according to Gary Sharp. Well, it's nice that your dad continues to pay Cole to have you on air. <laughs> that check keeps getting cashed. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. You guys do great work. Hey, I, uh, hey Lord, Lord KLIN family. Lord knows that KLIN isn't paying us anything to be on here. So someone's got to pay Cole. Wow. Oh, so so things have changed from the last time I worked at Broadcast House. <laughs> I, I guess they have. I guess they have. It's still AM radio. All right. Thanks, Gary. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> Gary Sharp. Always sixteen twenty. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I do appreciate your dad paying the, you know, a little, a little extra. You know, I've I mean, got a lot of kids. Someone's got to cash out in order for me to be on the radio. Yeah. Someone, some, someone, someone has to take the paycheck. Yeah. Mr. McMaster, we kid because we care. We kid because we care. All right, we've got our thoughts on Husker Hoops coming down the stretch here, and we'll get you ready for the weekend. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping it rolling here. About 12 minutes left until we are done here on the KLIN Husker Hour. We have a big weekend ahead of us. Ahead of us. Nebraska women's basketball, they end their season tomorrow. That game kicks off at a 2.30 pregame on B107.3 tomorrow. Men's basketball, they take on Rutgers. 
in their senior night. That'll be here on KLIN. I've been asking a lot of people a lot of questions about Nebraska basketball today. One person that I haven't asked a question about Nebraska basketball today is my co-host, Mr. Cole Skukenholz. So I, I, I will do that. Yeah. What, if anything, makes you nervous about these next two games? What, what are you maybe a, a little, is there any trepidation from you that, that this team could end up stumbling to end the year? And if they are, and if they will, and if they do, what do you think is going to be the cause of that? I, I'm not worried about losing the Rutgers game. Uh, they they okay. have size, they have rebounding, but Juwan Gary back, and, and and that was a big reason why that game collapsed. I'm not I'm not worried about it. PBA, they're going to win their 18th game of the season tomorrow. That'll be a school record for home wins. It already yeah, it already is a school record. They got 17 that already broke the record. It's it's not a tie. It's broken. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, it's broken. But it added to it. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm right. Being, no. 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 It's being nitpicky. I I just I just. I, I have full confidence that they will win their home sure. game, and, and then and then the Michigan game. I mean, it's just the fact that they're away from home. Like, th- it's a terrible team. We all know that, but they are away from home, and they don't do the same things at home that they do on the road for whatever reason. So that's the worry there. But I I like them to win these two games, and and frankly, I think the biggest lock of this stretch run is that Nebraska is getting a double buy. Sure, I don't know if you know this. Literally every year since Nebraska's joined the Big Ten, they have only been in the bottom four or the top four with a double bye for the conference tournament. Really? They've never they had have it? never been in between. Really? Literally not once. Twenty fourteen, double top four, yeah. made the tournament. 18, 2018, 19. well, yeah. 18, 18, 17, 18, 17, 18. They were fourth, did not even make the tournament, did not even host an NIT game. And then nineteen, they were they were trending, but they fell off and ended up in the bottom four. And here we are. They're getting the top four. They're getting a double bye. It's it's gonna happen. The, the stretch run, Nebraska's just got those two games, they're gonna be favored in both. Wisconsin ten and seven. They have Illinois today. That'll that'll be rough. Rutgers at home, and then they finish at Purdue. And Nebraska has eight losses. Wisconsin has seven. I, and Nebraska has the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. That and you got to note Michigan State. They play Purdue. They'll probably end up being nine and nine. They're at Purdue today. At Purdue today. And so, then Northwestern at home at Indiana to finish. Northwestern. They're two losses ahead of Nebraska, but three yeah. games to play. Iowa at home today. At Michigan State, home for Minnesota. I don't think they're catching Northwestern. They have an outside shot to catch Illinois if they go over down the stretch, and they do have a tough road at Wisconsin, home for Purdue at Iowa. I can tell you right now, they could finish all the way up to second. I think they're going to get fourth behind Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. I don't think Wisconsin or Michigan State are going to challenge. Yeah, them. I don't think they're not catching Northwestern. They got two home games to end the year. And and the other thing, so like, like I told Gary, it the the Juwan Gary injury. Against Rutgers, that was the pivot point for that game. Sure, and now to have him playing as well as he is, not carrying this team because we have, as we've established, there's not one single star. You can have multiple guys go off any given game, but he's been so important. And the fact that he didn't injure himself for the season in that moment, that would have been an extremely Nebraska ball thing to have happen. That's what happened in 2018-19 in Tim Miles last season. Isaac Copeland got injured on a after-the-whistle dunk attempt where some idiot from Ohio State challenged him at the rim, and he came down awkwardly, and he was out for the year. And then, yeah, done. The fact that he was still in, came back just a couple games later, and that he's playing as well as he has, it changed everything about this season, and that told me all I needed to know. They're getting to the tournament. Real quick, 
before we get to another break, I'll ask you another question. This team, I mean, is the fact that they've been so much... I don't want to say so different on the road because they have run into buzzsaws. Like, Iowa scored 90 points and couldn't miss that game. Wisconsin on the road was Wisconsin on the road was a really tough game. Like, it's not like this team has come out and played terrible games all the time. You know, there have just been... I wrote an article on this. One of them, one of the keys was like, to winning road games is don't get unlucky. Like, like don't hit a hot team. And they've hit hot teams multiple times. But still, there is a, a big difference between how they play on the, on the road and how they play at home. Is that nerve-wracking, in your opinion, when they go to a neutral site, whether it be the Big Ten game or NCAA tournament? Not is as that, much. I mean, because okay. the, the, the thing on the road is you get calls because your crowd's into it. Sure. The refs kind of get sucked up into that. Yeah. That's a thing. It, it just is. And we see it at PBA, let's be honest. Right. And then that's not an indictment on the no, officials. That's not, how it not is. Not at all. That's how it is. So neutral, it's, it's neutral for both, right? That's the idea of it being a neutral site. It's not a true road game. So no, it's not as much of a worry. I just worry about what the matchup is. Like, are they going to get up to that seven line and get a 10 seed where they have a little bit more separation maybe between that team? Or is it an eight, nine where it's basically same res, you know, it's very similar resumes. That's where they're playing. They're between sure. a seven and a 10 at this point. I, I think. Yeah. That was, I think the most disappointing part of that Ohio State game was that losing that game, it hit them out of contention of being kind of a favorite going into an NCAA tournament game. If they had won those, la- you know, if they beat Ohio State, then won these last two games, you're yeah. riding what a seven, eight game win streak coming in. To, to the Big Ten tournament. Maybe you just win one Big Ten tournament game and you might be five, you might be six, you have a lot of quad, you might be ranked going into you know March. Now because of that game, you don't build that resume. But at the same time, I mean, look, you're absolutely right. They, they are more than likely in, but it's just the nerve-wracking, you know, you have bad loss opportunities. And as far as I'm concerned, since I've been at Nebraska, they fail in those opportunities. They have. As far but as like I've I, been, in, but as like long I said, as I've been here, that Juwan Gary situation—the sure. fact that he wasn't out for the season—that changed it for me. Everything, yeah, yes. oh, sure. That that's when it. you realize, yeah, this like, is hey, a different team. We got something else happening There's something here in the water. That's right. There's something in the water. Maybe, I love it. maybe for the first time, it happens. All right, back to wrap things up. Get you ready for the weekend after this on the Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Big thanks to Chase Madison from 1011 News and for our, for Gary Sharp from Sharp and Hanley on 1620. Uh, if you miss their interviews, you can always catch up on your podcast platform of choice. Just search KLIN Husker Hour and uh, subscribe to the show, like the show, rate the show, share the show. Uh, we've got a lot going on this weekend. We touched on hoops. Uh, Nebraska men play tomorrow. It is senior day. It is a 5.30 tip, 4.30 pregame right here on KLIN. Women's hoops, uh, they also play this weekend. They're at Illinois. That's a 3 p.m. tip, 2.30 pregame over on B107.3. Uh, and then, yeah, softball it has a doubleheader today. They play against Wichita State and or excuse me, that's Missouri versus Wichita State. Nebraska plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Big Red Invitational, so it's Missouri. Yeah, they play Wichita Wich- State again and Missouri. Yeah, okay. so they pl- so they play Wichita State in the I think it's at two or whatever, and then four thirty it's Missouri. Then they play Missouri. One thirty and four. Yep, yep, that's it. And then uh, yeah, we've got uh, man, we're getting down to it. Next weekend it'll be right at the end of the regular season. Nitty gritty. Big Ten tournament seating will come into picture. All right, thanks again. That's Matt McMaster, Hey-o. Nicole Stukenholtz. We will see you next week. Go Big Red.